This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing, and I'm ready to talk about gardening. Uh, talking about gardening. I've been gardening. This is my first summer in, oh, I guess 10 or so that I've been here all summer. Usually I go over uh, to England uh, where it's cooler <laughs> and, and the flowers sparkle because the sun is so low in the sky and all the different kind of colors. Here, here in the deep south, the sun is almost directly overhead, and because of our, our humidity and all, a lot of the, the sharp colors, the blues and the greens, tend to fade a little bit. You know, we see more uh, oranges and reds and, you know, warm-looking colors. Uh, you go up further north, New England, Seattle, uh, you know, United Kingdom, and what happens, the sun is at a lower angle in the sky. It goes... At uh, hits at a different angle, and the blues and the greens really pop. It's almost a well. It's a it's a it's a, it's a, a, a solar radiation thing, but uh, anyway, a lot of people say, "Oh, the flowers are so pretty over there. They're just pretty here. They're just not as crisply blue and stuff." You can take a blue flower here, and it's going to look a little bit violet, I guess. But anyway, for the next hour or so, we're going to try to muddle through this weather. It's kind of cool this morning. I got chill bumps walking around last night, and, and this morning it started out kind of cool, but um, a lot of stuff going on. We've got good rains. We've got good weather. It's a great weekend of planting stuff, but it's also a good weekend to knock around and look at stuff in other people's yards, and there's a lot of it to see here in the south, because we've had a good good spring, good weather. Um, and I'm going to talk a bit, little bit about stuff you can do this weekend, um, some things that I'm going to attempt to do, replant some stuff and all that, but it is a call-in program. If you got some things you'd like to talk about, uh, this is a good opportunity. Um, I was uh, making a, a landscape consultation yesterday, and this <clears throat> lady said that she's having trouble with her plants. They're wilting every day. She said, I water them every day, and they wilt. I said, because you're watering too much. you got them dependent on that. You know, If you water stuff a lot... Uh, it can't grow deep roots. Roots got to breathe. And, uh, you know, when you put water down deep, really water well, maybe a couple of times, a few minutes apart, and then let the surface dry out, the roots will grow deeper, stronger, sturdier. But if you're watering a lot, plants are still wilting. It's because you've been watering too much, plain and simple. Uh, Aunt Mamie didn't water every day. I can tell you that. You know, I'm, I'm not talking about stuff in containers, uh, although even big pots don't need – I don't water my big pots more than – uh, I don't know, maybe every week or so. And I've got all sorts of stuff growing in them. And in my yard, I don't even have a hose that'll reach my yard. Got a lot of stuff blooming in my yard. And this lady was watering a vitex tree. Vitex is one of the really pretty summer blooming things. It's a big rounded plant. It's got spikes of, of electric blue and pinks and all. It's a terrific plant. She's watering hers every day. And I have a picture of one growing in a cemetery in El Paso, Texas, getting by on, what, 12 inches of rainfall a year. So anyway, I'm just saying, you got to take care of your plants, but don't over over overdo stuff hold back on the fertilizer water really good really well but don't keep them wet that, that that's a problem uh, matter of the same thing with lawn she she waters the grass every day and i pointed out that all of her neighbors have got really really nice looking lawns and they don't even have no water at all they don't have an irrigation you know they ought to water the grass at least once a month every couple of three weeks is better but more than once a week folks if you've got an irrigation system and you're using it more than once a week there's something wrong and uh what i suggest 
suggested was her to water three times a week about an hour apart. You know, turn it on, off, on again, off, maybe one more time, and then shut it off for a week. Really put the water down deep and then come back later and do some stuff. Uh, Java, how, how you doing, man? Man, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. We're getting these calls lined up for you. Um, but I did have a question um, yeah. before we go to our first call, Bill in Neshoba County. Um, how is your little your little Joey doing? You called <laughs> you called into a creature I conference did. on yesterday. I did, I did. I called in creature conference. You know, uh, Troy Major, uh, who's a, a, a top nationally known veterinarian, and Libby Hartfield, who's a retired director of the Natural Science Museum. And I had a question for both of them. I got this possum. First of all, Libby, is it legal for me to have this thing? And no, no, it's not. But she was nice about. It <laughs> and uh, what should I feed it and all like that, but uh, this little thing's got a few fleas on it, and I'm not sure what do you treat a, a baby possum with for fleas. And I'm hoping it would be something like for kittens, and that's what uh, Troy Major said. He, he said there's some stuff you can put in middle of the back where they won't lick it, and that's the problem with treating cats and possums, they, they groom themselves a lot. And somebody said, my possum is uh, not not very pretty. I said, it's a possum. They're not supposed to be pretty. But it's got a few little fleas that I want to take care of. But it's been eating well. I gave it some banana, gave it some grapes, scrambled up some eggs, cat food, and uh, also a big old fat slug I found the other night. Great big old fat slug. And that little baby possum pounced on it like he knew what he was doing now i'm afraid now i'm afraid it's not gonna leave your garden <laughs> well you know i'm gonna know i'm gonna i'm gonna wean it that way i'm gonna get it to where i can leave the door open and if it wants to run away it runs away but if it wants to stick around i got plenty of slugs to to do all but, right uh, anyway it's a, it's it's a lot of fun well let's go to bill in uh neshoba county okay good morning bill how you doing man I'm pretty good and you so far so good how y'all getting by without the without the county fair this year Oh, it's tough, and the Choctaw Indian Fair canceled too. Oh no, no, that's always such a big, such such a fun event. Well, what's going on? What can I help you with? Okay, this spring I planted a, a bunch of daffodils, uh-huh. and uh, they came up and did their thing, and they've all died back down now. And yeah. now I have a space of uh, empty uh, dirt. You know, it's about yeah. three feet by six feet. Yeah. I would like to plant something in there that's going to play well with the daffodils. So they'll come up next year and uh, whatever, you know, ground cover or some other plant that'll work well with them. Well, I actually do the same thing. I've got a a very small garden and I have a lot of stuff. And anytime I see some bare dirt or or mulch or something like that, I try to think what can fill that hole that's not going to take it's not going to require me to do a whole bunch of stuff, but also it's not going to interfere with whatever else is in that hole. Daffodils, when they go dormant, you know, they're they're native to a part of the world that goes completely dry in the summer. And if you plant something over them that needs to be watered a lot, it can it can rot the daffodils. So what I use is a couple of wildflowers. You know what purple coneflower is? You still there? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, are you familiar with purple coneflower? Uh, yes, I am. Well, that and lantana, you know, both of those are, <clears throat> you know, they do well in prairies. You know, lantana is a great plant that comes up after the daffodils bloom, sort of props up the leaves until they start fading down, and then it'll bloom all summer, and just as it dies down in the fall, the daffodils are coming back up. So, you know, right off the bat, lantana would be a, a good choice, but you can also throw in a couple of other plants, you know, for looks of. And I'm thinking, you know, uh, w- native wildflower type things like purple coneflower or black Susan or salvia, one of those kind of things, but something that, that that doesn't really need a lot of water. 
Okay. But I, I would start with Lantana because that's uh, – and, you know, you ride around you know, in the Shelby County and you know, every country garden's got Lantana, never watered or any – covered with butterflies. Mm-hmm. It's a great one. I got, okay. Well, I got a, a Lantana like that that was passed along to me, and I'm, I'm wondering, can I just divide that Lantana and – you can. This time of year is pretty hard. Uh, if you cut it back, you know, if it, let's let's say if you slice down into the plant, and then the part that you move, cut it back to just uh, you know a foot or so tall, and put it in around your daffodils, water it one time. Then by the time it puts out new growth, it'll be rooted. But that'll take the stress off of it. Uh, or you so might you might swing by a garden center. They got a lot of cool new. I mean, the old fashioned. You talking about that great big, the one that gets big. It's got orange and yellow on it. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's a great one. It may get a little bit big for you, but there's some really cool uh, new varieties of lantanas that that are a little bit more compact, but still just as pretty. So either, either way you want to go. I mean, you could plant okra there right now. Okra doesn't have to be watered, and it's tall and kind of pretty, even if you don't like to uh-huh. eat it. That's a, that's a great idea. I got a bunch of okra already, but it, you can always use more. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> just food for thought. Main thing is something that, that that you see growing around town and around the county that obviously doesn't need a bunch of water. That's the first thing I'd look for. Okay. Great. Thank you. Hey, I appreciate your call. Thank you. All righty. Now let's uh, go to I guess Heidelberg. Is that right, Sydney? Yeah, this is Heidelberg. How you doing, Phil? I'm doing fine. Doing fine. What's what's up with you this morning? Oh, man, uh, I want to congratulate you, man. I've been listening to you since the late 90s. <laughs> I've you, you been you, you, You're telling our A's there, my friend. Yeah, well, we living in, thank God, fool. Yeah, that's right. Uh, fella, this is what I got. I got some collard plants. They're Georgia blue. I uh-huh. like the Georgia blue stem. Yeah, right. Grab them and put them in the deep freezer. Right. Uh, now the leaves got brown spots on it. Yeah, you know, uh, collars don't like hot weather, especially when we get all this rain. You know, you start getting diseases and fungus and things like that. That that's you. You okay there? Yeah. Okay. Sound like you 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 push something over like you're mad at me or something. No, I was coming out my back door and, uh, <laughs> on my back porch. Uh, yeah. I look at my garden in the morning yeah. and in the, at dinner and in the evening before I go to bed. Yeah. I just look at it. I just love to look at it. Yeah. Well, anyway, back to the collars. Collars don't like hot weather, you know, and a lot of times they bloom. But if you keep cutting it back, you know, that's okay. I still have some kale out there. But when it gets hot, these plants are, are, are native to really cool climates where where it stays cool all year, not Hot like it is here. All this humidity and rainfall, you get a, one little yeah. spot of disease, it's going to splash around, and that's all it is to it. Not much you can do. You could try cutting them back and see if they put out some new growth, but I'm afraid that they might yeah. be a little bit bitter when they when they get hot. Yeah, because uh, my broccoli, uh, I had a friend that told me about my broccoli, and my broccoli did good. Yeah. yeah. And I am ate the plants, and the plants. The, the broccoli plant they better than collard plants. It's just, it's the same family. People just don't don't think about that. You know, broccoli was was uh, you know it and cauliflower and uh, kale. They're all in the same family. And you can eat. Oh, my, okay. It's been my experience that broccoli is a little bit tougher, maybe a little bit extra baking grease. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> yeah, because you know the texture is a little bit more just uh, chewier solid than collard. It, it's a little bit chewier. That's right. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, but anyway, but, uh, so the, don't worry about it. Just keep uh, just crap them and, and and hope the brown will go away. It probably yeah. It you know when when you see some leaves that look like that, go ahead and snip them off and don't just drop them on the ground. Throw them over the fence or something. You know it's, that'll keep stuff from splashing back up uh, off of them. Okay, okay, okay. And yeah, then, then the, the, my dirt is black. Yeah. And when what? it rains and it absorbs a lot of heat. Yeah, and he sure know one time he'll bake my plants. <laughs> hey, well, you know all the plants are sweet potatoes out there. Maybe they'll just bake right in the ground. Oh yeah, I need to do that. Anyway, you you stay cool if you if you're going outside. I need to put a hat on because this could be a warm one. Okay, and thank you very much. You have a nice day. I appreciate you being part of this party we got going here. Thank you so much. Okay. All righty. Oh, people are jumping in right off the bat. I got some stuff to talk about, but what if what's on your mind? You got gardening questions, you got lawn problems, uh, lawn challenges. You got some things uh, that you want to try, not quite sure about. You know, I'm the kind of expert who knows if I say you can't do it, somebody's going to call up and say, "Well, they've been doing it for years." And so I don't. I'm, I'm not dogmatic, is what I'm saying. And I understand that gardening is a lot of times done for the heart opposed to horticulture was it done with a goal in mind it's a trip folks it's a goal but it's the trip too we're going to be talking about that and more got a, a tune coming up to honor one of country music's uh, greats who just passed away mr joe diffie coming up in a few minutes but we've got some lines open if you want to give us a call here at mississippi public broadcasting me and java and all the other folks uh skeleton staff but we're we're, we're wanting to act with you bring it on folks we're gonna take a real quick break and come back right after this all righty, folks, welcome back. And a job I got to tell you, I might get in trouble here. You know, I always bring a little bouquet in and uh, try why, to bring, you why know. Why you going to get in trouble about that? Well, this today I, I have a purple coneflower, which is native. I got some of this tall purple verbena. I've got some purple salvia. I've got some blue spiderwort. And I've got a big old althea, a rosa sharon plant. And I was uh, looking, at, looking at it a little while ago, and all of a sudden an ant ran off of one of them and, and went up under the phone thing over here. And Michelle ain't going to be happy in, in the next hour. That's what I was going to say. That's <laughs> not going to work. But, you know, I won't say anything if you want. <laughs> it's just between us. That's right. Anyway, Ant, you better stay hidden. Uh, I'll catch you next week, all right? Anyway, you want to give us a call, folks. We do have the lines open, toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. Got them wide open. I'm getting a lot of emails right now about about diseases, insects, you know, weird little bugs and spot, leaf spots and things like that, but also about squash not making because there's not enough bees. My squash, I checked them this morning. I had one female flower, and I broke a, a male flower off and peel the petals off, and I, I pollinated the female flower with the one on the end of a little squash. But I got a lot of male flowers, more male flowers than we see normal. And and that's usually, uh, it's, an, it, it's not a it, fertilizer, water, uh, whatever. The plant's growing a lot of male flowers. Usually that'll settle down. And I noticed that there's some little female flower buds coming also. But anyway, it doesn't take very long to get about all the squash <laughs> Squash you can handle, and jalapenos also. Um, but I want to throw this out. Before we go to this phone call, I want to throw this out. If you're hungry, you know, collars will get you through the wintertime. But what about summertime? Is there something out there that you grow normally that you can eat? And to me, the number one thing, and by the way, I've been walking around a lot, doing some surveys and doing a lot of walking, seven, eight 
10 miles a day, just trying to you know, keep, keep, keep my youthful figure here. But the single most commonly grown garden flower in my neck of the woods, in more gardens than anything, is that old-fashioned double orange daylily. You see it in ditch banks. You see it in cemeteries. You see it in little home sites. Also see it in very nice upscale gardens. This is a mass planting outside the Royal Botanic Garden uh, at, at Kew. You know, it's a it's a great, great plant. Doesn't set seed, blooms and blooms and blooms. But get this, it has been grown for over 3,000 years. I'm talking about the old double orange daylily. His name is Quanzo. It's got a, a name. It's the oldest cultivated daylily on earth, but it wasn't grown for flowers. It was grown for food. All parts of a daylily, the leaves, those tubers at the bottom, the flowers, the flower buds are edible. And if you've never sautéed, rolled a, uh, uh, you know, get one of those buds bigger around than my finger, roll it in a little uh, a little egg and, and some flour, salt and pepper, and sauté it up, you're missing a real treat. It is as nutritious as broccoli. Broccoli is a flower bud, but orange daylilies are easy. to. You can eat them raw, chopped up, put in soup, sautéed, fried. Any way you can eat broccoli, you can eat the light-colored daylilies. You can eat the dark ones, too, but they have a metallic taste. But those little orange daylilies, perfectly edible. They've been cultivated for food for 3,000 years. So I'm just saying, if you don't like it, well, you can still give it a try. It may be not your horticultural taste, but it can be a nice little culinary delight. Um, anyway, let's go to, um, not sure which one of these to push, Stephen Steven in Boonville. Hey, Stephen, good morning. Good morning. Uh, I, don't, I don't have a problem I'm, I'm uh, challenging you with. I just want to say something regarding the comment your last caller made that really stuck out what? in my head and in my heart. And, and there's a kinship here in gardening. In, in the statement he made um, that gardeners who really love what they're doing, you'll find them out early in the mornings just walking through their garden, looking at what's happening. And it's almost like a communication between you and your garden because Literally, I mean, I don't, I'm not saying audibly. We all have our own little quirks now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But your, your plants, your plants do talk back to you in nonverbal ways. They're telling you what they're wanting and what they're needing. If you'll watch them and and just really pick on pick up what they're trying to say to you, and to walk through your garden in the morning is a happy place for many of us. And I want to thank that last caller for, for making that statement. It makes me feel good. Well, I, I, you know, I appreciate you pointing that out, too. And a lot of people think gardening is hard because they're, they're thinking too much about it instead of going out and just feeling, just feeling. Yeah. So uh, anyway, great sentiment. I really appreciate you, you, you noticing that and sharing it with us. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Whew, all right, let's go to Madison. Hey, Kelly, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Doing better than I deserve, and it ain't a joke. <laughs> exactly. We all are, I think. Most yeah. Oh, what's um, up? So I have a question about some perennials. Um, my mother-in-law lives in Hattiesburg and recently had us dig up a lot in her backyard. We mm-hmm. moved Louisiana irises, uh, cannas, callas, and black-eyed Susans. And it's the black-eyed Susans that appear the most stunned yeah. by the 
by the move. Yeah. I'm wondering if I should cut them back and just wait till next year or yes, what yes. I need to do. <clears throat> well, first of all, you can move plants any time of the year, but some are going to die before you get them back to the car. Uh, most of them, the, my rule of thumb is the best time to, to divide or move a plant is a season opposite of when it does its main thing. So we're looking at fall or winter or early spring for most summer plants. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. But but a lot of them are really tough. The cannas, the daylilies, the irises, uh, forgot one of the others you mentioned. Um, anyway, they, they're really, really easy. But the ones with furrier leaves, you know, like the like the Black High Susan, they're the ones that most stress. It's always a good idea, I think, no matter what it is you move in this time of year, to cut it back. And uh, that, right. that'll take the immediate stress off of it. And also, don't try to overwater. You can rot it. You, know, you could do more damage with too much water. So water it really, really well, but let it get dry between soakings. This is important for, for new roots to not get rotted. So, oh, so, yeah, well, that's so, good to know. I did not know that. A lot of people uh, overwater stuff that, and it just, it's, I mean, stuff that grows on the roadside. So too much water or too often is worse than not enough. Okay, well, I'll go cut it back. When you said furry leaves, that made me think of the, um, I have some lamb's ear yeah. that I separated earlier in the spring and moved, and they look a little tired, too. Yeah. Is that, so I'm probably overwatering those, or I need to cut those way back? Yeah, la- lamb's ear way back? Yeah, lamb's ear, uh, and, and I've had always had trouble growing lamb's ear. Uh, it grows well in a big container because it drains uh-huh. really well. And it's not so much the water, it's staying wet around the crown that causes them to rot. You know, they could take more water if they're in a well-drained soil, but if you're keeping them wet or heavily mulched, and, and it's fairly heavy soil, that causes problems. I would try some of the lamb's ear, you know, in a big container. I mean, one of the gotcha. prettiest stands I ever saw was one of these old, big old uh, concrete swan planters. It was so cute. But anyway, good drainage is important for Mediterranean-type plants like that, rosemary, uh, oregano. Those plants, uh, you know, they're, they're used to not staying that wet. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. Have a good day. Okay, good luck. Hey, if it doesn't work, Mama's still there, right? Oh, she's still there. She's got more. I can go take more okay. if I need to later in the oh, year. <laughs> okay, okay. That 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 would be more better. Get what you've got and try to keep it alive. But you know, I always say, well, you know, it just didn't make it. And she'll say, come on back. You know how Mama is. Oh, absolutely. Thank okay. you. All right, appreciate it. Okay, now let's go to uh, Vinny. Vinny's calling from. Is it that? Where are you calling from, Lenny? Vinny. I'm looking right at it. Vinny, are you there? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, where are you calling from? It says Delville, but I don't know where Delville is. It's like uh, 10, 10 to 12 miles north of Meridian. Okay, okay. You're you're up uh, off, of, off of 45 up there somewhere? 39. 39, okay. You, you're out in the sticks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm from the Delta. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking with you. Well, I, I, <laughs> I know about the Delta, too, because I went with I graduated from Mississippi Valley. The Valley, all right. I flunked out of Mohead. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's not too far away from there. Yeah, so anyway, what's up this morning, Vinny? Well, I, I, I hate I missed that you didn't get a chance to, to come uh, back to Meridian. Yep. Yep. Yeah, well, yeah, they they actually uh, were looking at uh, the first weekend in October. We're, look, oh, we're actually look, looking at, at, at color, you know, we're hoping that everything will settle down a little bit by then. Or, you know, even though you can go places right now, I think you're crazy to get too close to some people. Oh, yeah. uh, but anyway, we're, we're looking at, at rebooking, I think, the first weekend in, in October. Okay. And uh, by the way, is it Viney? 
It's Viney. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. I, I just, uh, he spelled it Vinny, but then I see Viney. That's what my mom said. It's Viney. So, you know. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. But anyway, no, I'm, I'm, it looks like, I mean, they're starting to rebook some stuff that was that was canceled this spring. And it looks like first week in October, I'll be there at the uh, at the Max and Meridian. We'll right. have a good, we'll still have a plant swap and talk about some other stuff, too. Right. That's what I missed you the last time. Remember, remember you got me that plant from uh, Dr. Oh, gosh, what's his name? Yeah, I know. I know. I, know. I just, I just, I can't, I, the I can't remember his name either because I'm I'm on the spot here. But anyway, no, you got some horsetail from him. Right, it's going. It's it's just going. Okay, now that's a plant you could water a lot. Okay, you know it it grows nationally in low wet areas. Matter of fact, if you got a wet spot, it'll spread. So you know I've been telling people don't water too much. Well, this Louisiana iris and and uh, this horsetail they like wet soils. Okay. Now my question for today is, um, I got this irises. And my cousin gave them to, but anyway, for some reason, it does not bloom. One, one in one pot blooms, and the other one does not bloom at all. It just comes up so pretty every year, and it's just not blooming. Yeah, you know, and this has always been a problem with with some kind of plants, daylilies, irises. I've got some that don't ever seem to bloom, and uh, it could be. And, and you know, I'm just I'm, I'm giving my garden guess here. Okay. Irises don't like to be crowded, but it's real important that they not be planted deep. Most plants need to be covered with dirt. Irises is one of the few plants where that little rhizome, that little ropey-looking stem thing, huh. the top of it needs to be baking in the sun. And if you mulch it really uh, well or if you plant it a little deep, uh, it'll make leaves, but it won't make the flower buds get, uh, get rot off. Okay, the one that's uh, uh, in, the, it's in a big giant pot. And uh, she gave it, matter of fact, it was given to me in the pot, big old giant pot. But it, they, it has, they have never, it's never bloomed. I don't want to, anyway. Well, anyway, the irises, you know, irises, they, they don't, you know, they're just, they, they don't want to be planted deeper mulch. That's about all I can suggest. I mean, that's the most common thing right there. Let's take it out of the pot, right? Well, if you're going to, you know, I'd, for, for one thing, I grow irises in the back of my pickup truck because I like the leaves. The leaves alone are worth it. And if they never flower, you know, you can go to a to a to an arts and craft store and get you some fake flowers and stick out there. But the, the the leaves are one of the most important texture plants for my garden. Okay. See, so if nothing else, if you'll put a little clump of striped monkey grass, a couple of flowers in there with it, the iris leaves will look good. Uh, but if you're going to plant it, let's wait till this fall. Or, or winter, and put it where it's right on top of the ground with, and just sort of mash it in to where the top of it's still showing in the sunshine. Okay. Now, my next question is, uh, well, I got this peony. It comes back just as big and pretty. Won't bloom. It bloomed one time, and then that was like two two years ago. Does not bloom anymore. Well, here's the deal with, with with peonies. The further north you grow, the better they do. They the, the the peony society is in Hopkins, Minnesota. That'll tell you something. And the further south you go, the fewer of the, those plants going to bloom because some of them need a long cold winter to set a flower bud. And the only ones that'll bloom this far south are what they call the early blooming varieties. They don't need as much winter time. So if you've got a a, a, a mid season bloomer or late season bloomer, it just ain't can get enough cold. And if we have a mild winter, then I can set a good flower bud. See, so uh, peonies, the colder it gets in the winter, the more likely and the better they're going to bloom. I mean, when it did bloom, it had humongous bloom. Yeah, 
Well, like I say, mo- the, the, the vast majority of peonies will only make leaves it, once you're south of, of, of Tennessee, you know, the, or unless you're up in the mountains. They really need a long, cold winter. Okay. So that, that's, that's probably the, 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 the main thing there. And the last thing I was to ask you about, I call them black-eyed Susie. You know, they be growing all along the side of the highway. Yeah, and that's the one with the dark center. Right. Yeah. Oh. Is, it, is, it, is there any way you can get the seeds? Because they, they got to come from some seeds somewhere. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, it's real easy. When, when you know some that are blooming before they get cut down, when the flat, when the, the, the yellow, the orange part falls off and it just leaves that little dark cone thing, when it dries up really pretty good, you can snip those off and put them in a paper bag and shake it up and all these little seeds fall out of it. But oh. need, need to wait till the flowers fade to where they're just little brown seed pot. Have you ever grown zinnias? I have. And you know when the zinnia flowers fall off and just leave that little little hard thing in there, that's where the seeds are. So the same thing, zinnias and black-eyed Susan, when the when the flowers fade and there's nothing but just a little hard seed thing, if you, you t- tap it uh, upside down on your hand, all these little seeds will come out. And you sow them in the fall, they'll go over the winter bloom next spring. All right, then. Okay. Well, that's it. All right. Good to hear from you. Look forward to seeing you this fall. Okay, but... One last question to comment. I, I saw a new little guard thing for my flowers, and, and I dug down, and it was like, I bet you I collected like 20, 20 little tiny grub worms. Yeah. So what can I do to eliminate those other than I got them out? Were they in the dirt? Yeah, they was in the dirt. Yeah, not much you could do about that, you know, if, uh, because they're, they're the larvae of those, what, what we call June bugs, those, those brown may beetles. Right. They're the larvae of that. And once and they do eat plant roots, so not much you could do. You know, you you don't want to poison your soil because we'll kill them, we'll kill worms and stuff too. So as long as your plant's looking okay, they can tolerate a little damage from these things. Okay. All righty. We got a scoot, lady. Good to hear from you. Right, good to hear from you. Be safe and be blessed. Thank you so much. All righty, folks. Uh, we got plenty of time to yak. Got us some, some uh, callers on the line, but we're going to do a little short break. Got to go grab my coffee. I left in another the other room. Yeah, and I got a cheesy tune coming up. And this is in honor of a guy named Joe Diffie. You country music listener, Joe Diffie, he's like the Grand Opry for 25 years. He did a song about every woman loves a pickup man, and I drive a pickup truck myself. Also did one called Stand Me Up Against a Jukebox When I Die. But I want to play one today that was one of his big hits, and it's a metaphor for people who don't mind their own business. Okay, I use this uh, in all of my garden art talks about doing what you want to do. And when other people complain, just hold your head up. Anyway, I'm Horticulture's fellow rushing. Me and Java and the other folks here at MPB, we're going to take a real quick break. A little cheesy tune and come right back after that.
said he should have used red. I'm thinking critics, go home. Charlene liked it just fine. That's the way I feel about my yard and my accessories. Some of the neighbors may not like it, but you know what? It's my. If you like to prune your crepe myrtles, just hold your head up and think this song, okay? Anyway, welcome back, folks. We're going to start out right off the bat down in Beaumont, Mississippi. Hey, Sue, good morning, and thank you for holding. Well, thank you. I'd like to ask you a question. What? what how can you tell the difference between us? a male or female squash blossom because I've got some squash plants and I was so happy because I got lots of blooms. Yeah. And I've had a few little squash come about as big as my little finger and they just turn brown and yeah. drop off. Okay, well, though, here, here's the deal. And once you look at them, it'll be real obvious. The flower part looks alike, but the, the male is on just a plain little stem and the female is on the end of what looks like a little squash. It works with cucumbers and melons and gourds, too. But what looks like a squash with a fl- little squash of flower on, that's a female flower. If you don't get pollen from the male flower, the one with just the stem, to the female by either bees or you breaking a male flower off and peel the petals off and use it, sort of like a little paint, like a mascara brush. If you don't get pollen from the male or the female, the day it opens, it's going to shrivel up and fall off. Yeah, well... So if you don't have a lot of bees, just just check. And if you, what I do is I go out in the mornings and I look at mine. I've got a few little bees, but my plants are a little too thick, and the bees may not find it. And if I got a female flower that's open that morning, I just break a male off, peel the petals off, and pollinate it. And within three days, I'm eating squash. Oh, okay. Well, I'll try that then. Thank you. Okay. Have fun. Have fun, hand pollinating squat. There, I said it. <laughs> Let's go down to the Gulf Coast of Biloxi. Hey, Troy, how are you this morning, man? Oh, I'm pretty good. Good. What's, pretty what's good. up? I've 
calling again. I took your advice on uh, waiting until the end of the month to uh, till up my front yard to replant grass. Mm-hmm. And um, the sand content's a little high in my yard, and most of the grass took hold, but I got spots where it's still the, the grass didn't come up. So yeah. I put some topsoil down on top of some more grass seeds. Mm-hmm. Of course, the tropical storm and all the bad weather. It washed it all away. Washed it right down. Yeah. But uh, I've, I've still got about a handful of seed, grass seeds left. I'm wondering what I can do in these spots. What, to, what, what, what kind of grass is it? Is it a Bermuda or centipede? It's a hybrid, like, uh, oh, what do they call it? Not St. Augustine. It, it's a really thin blade. That would be it's, Bermuda. Probably Bermuda. It's, it, it's golf course type. Okay, well, the hybrid stuff, you know, it's hard to get seed for a hybrid Bermuda. Uh, and also, if you're using stuff like rye or fescue, one of those kind of things, uh, they won't grow in the summertime on the coast. So your your main choices from, for, for seed for grass along the Gulf Coast are going to be uh, St. Augustine, I mean, uh, centipede or Bermuda. There's a couple of other grasses that, that aren't quite quite as popular. Down in Florida, they do well. But anyway, to answer your question, go ahead and put the seeds out. You know, you can plant seeds up until uh, of grass up until around the 1st of September, and it has time to, get, to come up and harden off before winter. See, so as long as you can water it, you can put the seeds out. And this time, just throw it on top of the ground, and you don't have to water it, but just wet it down every day or two because those little seeds are real sensitive. You know, they're, 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 they're exposed. So if you'll just wet it down every day or two until they sprout, then uh, that, that's all it takes. And they should come right on up because warm as it is. All righty. I don't know if... Yeah. Let's go to the next call. Uh, Shirley. <laughs> hey, Shirley. How are you this morning? Calling from Starkville? Hi. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you for holding. What's been yeah, going on? Sure. You, have, you haven't been talking to Jay White in the other room while, while we're on hold, were you? Uh, ne- never Never mind. What's, what's, what's up this morning? So, um, oh, by the way, I, I, one of the questions has already been answered. I have some finicky uh, pennies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they they uh, bloomed one year uh, af- after I had, uh, you know, transplanted them. And then the next year they didn't bloom at all. Yeah. And then this year only one of them bloomed. Yeah. Did you get these so, from some, did you get these from somebody else and theirs was blooming already or did you buy them? No, I, I got them from somebody else. Okay, it, that's the best way to get peonies for for down south. There's only three or four, maybe five that'll bloom this far south. And 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 if you've got a friend who's got some growing, now here's the deal: peonies grow out in the full sun up north, but here they tend to burn up. So uh, to me, the best place where I've got my, mine is where they get morning sun, but not hot afternoon sun, and I don't water them very much because they're pretty right. durable plants. Yeah, they're on the the east side, northeast side of my house. Yeah, as long as they don't stay, as long as they don't stay too wet, you know. Then that, and if it, about we, the best we can do is hope we get a little cold weather. If you like peonies, you want a cold winter. Yeah. Um, so, 
Yeah, I was hoping to make a bouquet, but that one was so pretty in my yard. I just let it stay there until what, what, it died. What color was it? White. It got a little red splash down in the middle of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's yeah. probably the number one peony for the day. It'll grow, you know, even down in Hattiesburg. It's called Festiva Maxima. It's been around for about 160 years. But it's it's probably the premier peony for the Deep South, Festiva Maxima. Okay, and I want to address something what an earlier caller uh, mentioned, and that is communing with one's plant. Uh, I wholeheartedly agree. I, I just walked out this morning. I, I have... This year, I have what I call an armchair garden. Yeah. Instead of having a dedicated uh, spot, um, I planted my vegetables among my flowers. There you go. That's what I do. And, and they are having a nice conversation out there. And then <laughs> when, I, when I go out, I have a conversation with, with all of them. And uh, it, it's just so wonderful, you know, especially now being um, self-quarantined in that, yeah. I, I think people will have greater, nicer dispositions as they had. You know, uh, let me throw this out. There, there's actually a word for that kind of garden. It's called a potager garden. It's spelled potager. Potager or potager <laughs> garden. It's a mixed garden with vegetables and flowers and herbs. And uh, the, yeah. the plants grow better than if you cram them all together and they concentrate their problems. I, I agree, and uh, and here is my philosophy, so that if you are close to nature, then uh, it mm, enables you to be closer to supernature or to the supernatural. So it puts us in touch with God when we're out among our plants. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. What what no matter what your your version or philosophy or religion is. That yes. applies. That applies. The creator. So, yep. yeah, it puts you in, in close uh, communion with the creator. So. There you go. Well, I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for your program. Okay, and go out and do some more communion because the plants can All talk. Right. They, they start talking back. That's when you got problems. <laughs> well, my, my, my string, my blue lake string means did talk back this morning, so I had to pick them. <laughs> <laughs> Bless her. Anyway, I pre- you're a week ahead of me on that. Anyway, thank you so much. Mine blew over. Last week I had mine on teepees. I put these little uh, teepees up with some bamboo. I spray painted it purple because why not? And I t- oh, yeah. instead of tying them together at the top, I put on those glass insulators like on tele- telephone poles. And uh, yeah. I had beans growing up the the, uh, the the teepees, and I had corn planted around the outside, and then squash planted in the middle. Well, the storm just blew it over, so I had to go out and oh, no. stand stuff back up. But anyway, you know, it got me out of the house. Yeah. Anyway, we appreciate and, it. And that's the idea. Thank that's you. Thank idea. you so much, Shirley. We really appreciate that. All right, everybody's all feely good this morning, y'all. Touchy, t- touchy feely. Let's go. Let's let's start with Pat now. Pat's calling from a Nesbit, all the way almost to Memphis. You're from uh, Jerry Lee Lewis's hometown. Well, that's right. That's that's exactly right. Oh, so, what's what's uh, going on? This what's up? Well, I have. First of all, love love the last conversation. Um, we do commune with our gardens and. I love it. It's my escape. But I have a problem with my autumn ferns. I have a lot of shade mm-hmm. and sun, um, but my ferns have lived in the little spot they're in now for probably six or seven years, and I've got about eight to ten 
they're very, very large, and they've gotten too overgrown. And I was hoping to wait until the fall to move them because Uh I was just going to move the whole entire plants into a more shady area. Yeah. But and I've killed, I've cut off a lot of the dead ferns. Fronds, can I cut them back some so that they're not so overgrown looking? Yes, of course. Each of those those leaves is a is a frond. You know, they don't have right. stems and all. So if you each one of those, if you just snip it off down close to the ground and sort of thin out the tallest ones. Uh, but you know how they put up new growth all the time. You could cut them right. almost to the ground and then move them now. And then water them really good, and they'll put up new growth before, you know. In other words, if you're going to move them now, if you cut it back and move some of them and water them, they'll survive if you, okay, if you so, cut them back. Okay. Well, you know, they're in front of my dining room window, and they just look beautiful, but they're they're just so tall, and I have... You know, I have a lot of king snakes around that yeah. I want to keep, yeah, but I don't the... like them right by my front door. So <laughs> it's okay, though, to move them now, even in the heat. You think they'll do okay, or if, would it be better if you to kind wait? Of, what I, well, it'd be better to wait, but if you're going to, go ahead and work up the dirt where you're going to move them to. And okay. water it a couple of times and let it get around. In other words, let it kind of settle. Do a pretty good job of digging it up and then let it settle down for okay. for, for a few days. Then cut the ferns back and move them. Uh, move some of them and leave some of them. Okay. Okay. Well, I will do that then. That, I, you know, I never thought about just maybe even thinning them a little bit. Some of the yeah. taller ones, I could thin that. That's all you got to do. Just go in. And, and while you're doing it, you know the king snake is going to be there looking at you. I know he is. is I know. Is I this one of the, the is one of the, the black ones with the yellow speckles on it? We've got both. We've yeah. got both. But the good news is we don't have any more copperheads. Well, that's because that's what king snakes eat. Know, they eat other that's, snakes. That's right. And so over the years, we've learned to identify the good snakes. Yeah, and uh, you know, it, j- j- jump back, calm down, and move on. Anyway, uh, rustle the area with a stick before you start reaching in there. Well, well, oh yeah, oh yeah, I will. <laughs> I'll definitely do that. So, <laughs> all righty. Well, enjoy. Have a good time with it, and uh, just then some of them. Oh, by the way, do you have a statue or a little bird bath or any hard feature out there with your ferns? Yes, I do. What I you both. what you got? A bird bath I, and I've got a little bird bath. Actually, not very high off the ground. It's probably only about fourteen inches off the ground, and then I have a little bitty, um, like cup-like type of bird feeder that I have. Uh-huh. Know, they just kind of fly in and land on it. And uh, then I have a, a, a statue of um, my dog. You know, and this in your ferns, though, right? Yes, they're all right around together. There you go. Well, see, you know, and if nothing else, you need to thin some of them out so you can see your little statues, see well, your little puppy there. That's true. That That's so true. But well, let me ask you something else real quick about the autumn ferns. Is there any, you know, what I do is I water them when they, you know, they need it. Of course, we've had a lot of rain lately, yeah. but I also sometimes give them CT, which is, it's a product I purchased. I don't even know who makes it, but it's called CT, and it's got different, you know, it's kind of a natural mm-hmm. fertilizer. Is is there anything else I can do to, to help Yes. Yes. You're yeah. you're you're from a you're from a small town. Go go find out where a farmer shop, the co-op, or someplace like that, and get you a little bag of cottonseed meal. 
Oh, okay. I have some of that. Okay. Well, seed meal, it it feels like greasy cornmeal, but it's got a little nitrogen fertilizer, so you don't have uh, just a dusting. A good dusting is all it takes. It's got a little nitrogen, which will help green the plants up and and help them be sturdy. Uh, But it also has protein in it, which feeds the worms. And those worms will bring good, rich minerals from down deep, and they'll circulate up and down and up and down, and they'll dig your dirt for you. But by feeding the worms, and and this gives the... It gives the fern a little bit of nitrogen without overdoing it. Okay. Well, I will definitely do that. I'll get it out of the shed. Okay. Put it to work. What else you got going on out there? Well, not you know, not a whole lot. Just trying to maintain, <laughs> I guess. And um, you know, I've I had more weeds this year in my my zoysia, so I don't really know what to put on my grass to kind of get it to come back, but. You know, well, not much you can do, Sip. Uh, you know, one of the Felder cliches is raise your mower, mow high. That's true. Yeah, and if you scalp true. it, if you scalp it, it's going to be thinner, and you're going to have more weeds. So, well, I will tell you this: I put some centipede grass down. I planted that many years ago, about ten years ago, and I didn't know if it would work as, as far north as this, mm-hmm. but it has done beautifully, and it is great. It's, Good. It just comes out, and after after about a month of weeds, it just overtakes all the weeds, and I don't have to do any weeding. There you go. There you go. That's that's. The, I've been going out and hand put the grass weeds because we have so much rain. The grasses are just really jumping. The grassy weeds. So I'm going out there in the mornings while I'm communing with my cup of coffee, and I just yeah. pull. I pull the little grass weeds before they get so big that they're going to pull my back. Yeah, I agree. And when the ground is kind of soft with the rain, it's great, and it's just a good therapy. I just mental, I, I, mental therapy. I pull them up. I shake the dirt off. I throw them back down on the ground. They become grass mulch. But anyway, oh, anyway, okay. have fun with your ferns. See me a picture. I want to see the picture of your ferns around your little dog statue. Oh, I'll do that. Okay. Thank you so much. All righty. Well, folks, it's been another one. It's gonna. There's another one. Java. We, you know, you and Jay White in there working hard this morning. Yes, and I guess we'll be the first to announce uh, we're going to have a one-day drive next Friday. Can I play some cheesy tunes? That's what we have you on for. Okay. Well, this would be a good opportunity to point this out, folks. Uh, anytime you have gardening questions, I'm behind on them right now because I got so many. But if you'll send me an email, garden at mpbonline.org. I got about a week's worth I got to catch up on but because I've just finished a manuscript on a new book about gardeners who do their own thing, determined independent gardeners, diggers. Anyway, I'm back in the saddle. It's too hot to go out and play, so I'm going to be catching up on emails. I'm a horticulturist, Felder Rushing, Java Chapman, my awesome producer, Jay White, another producer, all the folks at MPB. Got a lot of stuff going on every day here at MPB. So, you know, I, I called Creature Comforts and asked about my baby possum last week, and they helped me out. Anyway, if you get a chance, it's, I know it's hot, it's humid. Take a kid to a garden center. Take a kid to a farmer's market. Help them pick out some little thing that they can grow that gives instant gratification or have them actually talk to the person that's selling them something at the farmer's market, their favorite kid's recipe. Main thing is teach kids how to do what we do best, and that's get dirty. It's good for us all.